Welcome to Urban Principle, leadership lessons brought to you by BrettAndersonConsulting.com. And now here's your host, Brett Anderson. And welcome back to another podcast. And this is our 20th episode. And I did a little bit of a day late uh, since the Memorial Day weekend and wanted to take a break myself for Memorial Day weekend and celebrate with family and mainly my wife, of course, and our furry kids and all of our animals and around our gardens and around our house. And I also wanted to lift up the people that have helped serve our country. And I did a post with my father who actually was in Korea and actually was a DJ, uh, radio disc jockey, and his job was to keep the spirits up of the troops. So he did that, uh, serving in the military. And then Inger's father served in Vietnam and actually flew, uh, oh my gosh, B-52s and uh, fighter jets. And he uh, flew a lot of different things and, of course, loved flying and loved being a jet pilot. So congrats and kudos to all those that helped serve our country and give us the freedoms that we need and have right now. And this episode I call... Will school open in the fall? I guess I could call it the fall paradox because we don't know a lot about whether that's going to happen or not. And I kind of went off topic right now since we had so much in the news right now around schools opening up in the fall. And with the corona lessons and there is a kind of a changing of the status quo in schools that have been a part of the regular routine and the regular status quo of schools for years Uh, Many districts have been forced to look at how they do business, and COVID-19 has forced the status quo to change, and in some respects, this is also a good thing, because schools have not changed a lot in many, many years, and this is evidence in a lot of the way buildings are set up and structured and run, and the calendar uh, set up around our agricultural calendar Um, That is why I loved the focus school and some of the innovative concepts we were doing, like changing the concept of the calendar and making it more uh, year-round with different breaks and varied breaks and setting up the year even differently and the time better to get more efficient use of our school buildings and our school time. So, I mean, it's kind of been a good thing because districts have found that they need to up their game in order to equitably uh, serve all of our students And I loved what I just saw on the news. I think that was last week from Governor Andrew Cuomo. He said, our teachers and students have risen to the occasion during this pandemic and worked hard via remote learning, but nothing can ever replace in-class learning. When we reopen, a new advisory council will help us strengthen uh, New York's education system for the future. So he's looking at better ways of doing things in the future and also what to do when things like this pandemic and crisis occur so that they can provide better for the mass of their district. And school districts have come through for sure, providing meals and nutrition services have stepped up and uh, shelters and pantries and providing for the needs of many of our families and students and especially our high poverty students. And right now it looks like technologies getting acquired from federal stimulus through federal stimulus funds. So many districts are using that money towards getting more technology, including my old district. They are 
purchasing iPads for students, like 54,000 something or other iPads. And the nice thing that they're doing is they're actually putting a, uh, getting the wireless service with it uh, in uh, partnering with the state and partnering with a wireless service that will provide uh, on the machines or on the iPads so that no matter if they don't have Wi-Fi at home, it will be on that machine automatically and the district's providing that service. So I know districts are looking at ways to provide the technology for when things like this happen, happens. And, and the interesting thing, of course, is still the big issue on what's going to happen in the fall, whether school is going to be able to open or not. And right now, uh, many districts are doing virtual summer schools. They're doing smaller versions of summer schools. They're setting up summer school differently. And it looks, I mean, many are hoping that they're going to start some type of sports in the fall and maybe there will be some restrictions within the sports there is still not a antiviral protection or antiviral agent yet so until that's actually found i mean they're getting closer and closer some of that may not let us get back to what we consider normal schooling and there's been a lot of articles in the in the news and I've been looking at a lot of different things and it's interesting the stuff that's coming out some of the CDC guidelines of course uh, right now um, basic suggestions of course are teacher reinforced hand washing and encourage students to cover coughs and sneezes with the tissue easier said than done right but even the basic ideas uh, combined with complicating wrinkle if the students cough into a tissue and then they have to get rid of the tissue and then they need to wash their hands and of course what are we supposed to do we're supposed to wash our hands for 20 seconds so we have more kids going to the bathroom to wash their hands that is if they're even in school and some of the other guidance that's been suggested by the cdc has been uh, wear cloth face coverings as feasible avoid sharing electronic devices books learning aids gym equipment art supplies or games Oh my, that's going to be hard to do within a school setting. And if you do that, I mean, the key in schools, of course, is engagement. And how do you keep kids engaged if you don't have some of the tools to do that? And me being a principal of a former innovative school, we were doing highly engagement or highly engaged activities and using a lot of hands-on and a lot of technology and a lot of resources. This is going to be extremely hard to do. Um, space desks six feet apart when feasible and turn desks the same direction. Another interesting concept because I've had to lay out buildings before in the three buildings I was in and decide what rooms could hold the size of the student that they were. And third graders we had in smaller rooms and fourth graders a little bit bigger rooms and fifth grades a little bit bigger rooms. But to even have the space to space desks six feet apart, I don't know if the CDC has been to many of our school buildings and realized that in many cities this is gonna be a hard concept to even follow. Um, you can separate kids pretty well, but maybe not six feet apart. So, I mean, having to set up rooms, it's really hard to do. And sometimes you have a limited amount of space in school buildings. So you can't, you, you use what you can basically. You use what you can and you use it to the best of your ability too within that school. And then some of the other concepts that they have, uh, close cafeterias and have students eat in the classroom with their own meals or plated food in disposable wares. So hmm, disposable silverware and 
eating in the classrooms, which brings in a whole new can of worms. Um, we tried doing a, we did a grab and grow breakfast at my last building for 11 years, which worked great because we had uh, trash in the hallway and we had a setup system like that. And I guess you'd have to do a similar type system with lunch, except for they wouldn't even be going to lunch. You'd have a setup in the hall or there's many ways you could do that, but to kind of limit the contact, which is going to be hard to do in the size of the buildings again because of hallways. Because my last building, we had some hallways that were extremely small and some hallways that were much larger where you could spread out your arms and easily be six feet away from another person. But in many of the hallways, there's no way you could even be six foot from a person. So you'd have to even stagger how kids are going different directions and to different specials. That's assuming they even go to specials and maybe they don't have specials. So all those things are going to be huge decisions that a lot of people are going to have to make. Uh, go virtual activities, including field trips, assemblies, performances, and parent meetings. So all those would be virtual in a school. All those would be virtual. And then the other thing that CDC recommends is staggering school arrival and drop-offs. Uh, what a nightmare, because I had 16 buses at one point that came from all over the district at the building I had that was highly diverse and uh, took kids from up to 11 different districts and from all over the city and to try and stagger times and we got that down to 13 buses and had that running very smoothly and to have uh, staggered school times would be difficult to do um, if not impossible i mean there's a lot of things that are going to be have to be figured out i know we do have some excellent minds in the state of nebraska and hopefully every state has some of these that are trying to figure some of these things out uh, Maddie Fennell, our executive director of the Nebraska State Education Association, has been working to try and come up with some answers to some of these things. Um, they ran some good articles in the newspaper, and she was talking about the possibility of working with the Med Center and looking at working with some other experts that might be able to give some insight and guidance into some of the setup because some of these things are um, not feasible if you're going to have an engaging school. And if you're going to keep kids actually learning, many parents are finding that out right now. It's not easy to teach at home as well as keep kids engaged. And if we limit how you engage with the students, that's going to even make it harder. And if we limit the tools that you have and wearing masks and all these other things that we may or may not have to do, that could even be another wheel that has to be looked at. So I don't know if that's going to be easy or not. In fact, it's not going to be easy. I can guarantee that it's not going to be easy. Uh, looking at some of the other things that are out recently, there's just a lot of decisions that are going to have to be made, and it's not going to be easy to do this. Uh, one thing that our Matt Bloomstead, who is our Dr. Matt Bloomstead, who's the Nebraska Commissioner of Education, he's actually uh, made some good points and he said different groups are having regional discussions on the issue. He cited uh, discussions in the metro area in Lincoln, Lancaster County, and with Nebraska's Rural School Association, which has more than 100 superintendents and eight working groups discussing different scenarios on what could happen in the fall, since we don't know what's going to happen. And he's, he said there's been a lot of progress in the last two weeks, but the discussions involve you know getting people organized to have the right conversations, he says. And there is going to be a lot to discuss and a lot to figure out. 
I mean, do you have uh, secondaries um, staggering times and do you have uh, A's and B days or whatever you want to call them and have different days and do you rotate your students coming in at the secondaries and how do you juggle that when you have kids taking different courses and AP courses from intro level courses? Um, if it wasn't for that kind of stuff, you could actually have teachers rotating and the kids not moving. But since they don't all take the exact same courses, that throws another wrench in that scenario. So there's just a lot of things that are going to have to be figured out and looked at. And one thing that came out recently in our, uh, what's called the Midlands Voice in our Omaha World Herald was uh, some things that, an article that was written by um, Dr. Matthew Bloomstead. And he, uh, he said some pretty good things that we're just going to have to see how things come out because hopefully our educational minds right now are meeting and deciding the best ways to deliver education and to do it as close to what needs to happen for full engagement because engagement is still the key and if we don't do it with with serious engagement with our students high poverty buildings are going to have problems with this um any building is going to have problems with this and it's going to be hard to keep the kids attention it's going to be hard to teach and you might as well keep us doing virtual learning at home if we're going to have to follow too many requirements to be back in a school building so um that's my own personal opinion but here's a here's what he said uh, uh i'm going to give you a couple excerpts from an article that he just wrote and it says however when it comes to schools the objective is to return this fall and whatever is the appropriate balance between containing the virus without containing the opportunities to learn. We will start to learn this summer together as schools, become meticulous about planning safe environments for summer learning activities. Schools will use a combination of remote learning and in-person experience to assist students and families to advance with the learning that was unfinished in 2019-2020. And then he does go on to say Together, we will use the experience of businesses, health fields, and schools to establish our best protocols and approaches to balance the needs of society as a whole. Schools are built to contain students and unleash learning opportunities. I am confident in the local school boards, administrators, teachers, and communities that we will move forward with the appropriate balance. It will not be as we, will, we all would prefer normal, but it will be school with the same love and care for the next generation. We will find ways to be even better as the result of a focus on individual student needs and closer connections with students and families. Schools will both be back and strive to be better. And I do agree with that. I mean, our schools are just amazing uh, buildings and institutions and our districts are gonna work hard to try and make school um, the way it needs to be this fall, but it may not be exactly as we have seen in the past and some things do need to change in the school. Um, coming from an innovative school, there are a lot of things that could be done better, but we have to keep that engagement up and figure out ways to really engage those students so that it doesn't seem to be a cl compliance or a lockdown, or we're gonna have other problems with uh, students not wanting to comply with some of the measures that we're trying to do in order to keep COVID from happening, because we really need to engage the students in their education. So we have a lot to think about and a lot to plan uh, for this fall. 
and hopefully our districts are working with advisories and as that one article stated um, doing some brainstorming and even connecting with the med center and looking at different people that can give us some real insight into what could happen and what are the possibilities we can do uh, to make school work as it needs to work in the fall and a quote I have for tonight is from John Maxwell one of my favorite authors and a different a difficult crisis can be more readily endured if we retain the conviction that our existence holds a purpose a cause to pursue a person to love a goal to achieve those are words by John Maxwell so we'll get back to talking about the positive culture again as we get back on track next week and again keep promoting positive leadership and remember culture changes through successful leadership until next time stay positive you've been listening to urban principle leadership lessons brought to you by bradandersonconsulting.com